0: The Daily Rios for March 21st, 2013. Because I did a re release earlier this week of the introductory Zero episode of The Tower, a Titans podcast I started back in 2009, and because I mentioned in a previous episode the possibility of doing the same for another podcast I started, today's Throwback Thursday episode brings to you, the listeners, the first of three episodes of that podcast, which is DC Noise, a DC Comics-centric podcast I started in November of 2007 for Derek Coward and his comic book noise family network. Now, the origins of DC Noise, the podcast, will be heard in the guts of this episode, so I won't go into detail on that. Uh, Since this episode was dropped on November 21st, 2007, The material is older, but it does give an idea of some of the earliest thoughts on how I wanted to solo podcast, what I wanted to do at the time, how I wanted it to be different, for lack of a better word, from other podcasts at that time, or at least the ones I was listening to. The first episode is fairly standard, but the next two episodes, which I might drop every week or every other week are a bit closer to where I wanted the show to be had I continued on with it. Currently, DC Noise is hosted by Mike, Keith, Daryl, and guests. They are up to episode 209, and you can find them at dcnoisepodcast.com. Derek Coward's comic book noise is up to 291, so he's closing in on 300, which is awesome. Although he's probably has created over 1,000 or more Podcasts with all the other uh, podcasts that he does, you know, indie comic book noise and uh, movie noise he used to do. I don't know if he still does it. uh, Just a whole slew of podcasts. This first episode of DC Noise talks about the announcement of the Starman hardcover collections. It talks about Mark Bagley coming over to DC. I do mini-reviews on Gail Simone's first Wonder Woman issue and also the Titans East special. And then I give information on what I wanted to do with DC Noise at the time, and I give a whole bunch of thank-yous. So, if you've heard this before, or if you've never heard it before, then enjoy. It's only about 20 minutes or so. It's shorter than my Tower episode zero drop. I think it's funny to hear the the contents now... Um, knowing the history of some of the items that played out. So, you know, hopefully you'll enjoy that. One thing for sure, I do love me some comics talk, especially when it comes to DC. Here it is. Special thanks to Derek Coward and the DC Noise crew for uh, letting me put this out there. DC Noise, Episode 1. DC Noise, Episode 1. DC announces Starman will finally be collected in a format it truly deserves. They also land two new major exclusives. I take a look at a few comics that shipped on November 14th. What exactly is DC Noise? And lastly, a whole slew of thank yous. All this and maybe a little bit more on today's episode of DC Noise. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Peter Rios. First up, the complete Starman to be collected in new hardcovers. For the longest time, if you wanted to read Starman, you either had to go trolling through the back issue bins, or you could have picked up the softcover trades, some of which, however, were out of print. But now, according to DC's latest direct channel newsletter, Starman, the acclaimed DC Universe series created by writer James Robinson and artist Tony Harris, will be collected for the first time in hardcover on high-quality paper. The Starman omnibus, which will be a series of six volumes, will begin in May. The series will feature new covers by Harris. Uh, It will collect the entire Starman series, plus the Starman annuals, Secret Files, 80-Page Giant, The Shade miniseries, and much more. These volumes will include stories illustrated by Harris, Peter Sniber, Chris Sprouse, J.H. Williams III, Phil Jimenez, Gene Hagai, Davis, Teddy Christensen, Lee Weeks, and many others, as well as several stories co-written by David Goyer. Scheduled to reach stores in May... The Starman Omnibus volume on hardcover is 448 pages, collecting Starman 0 and 1 through 16 with a cover price of $49.99. Here's hoping that they also include letters pages. I assume they'll have to throw in there the Power of Shazam issues that they crossed over into. I think it was the Lightning and Stars story arc. There was also a Legends of Dark Knight annual um, that uh, sort of had a little bit of uh, back history on Opal City. And uh, who could forget DC, uh, DC 1 million crossover, the Starman 1 million issue. So there's a lot that can be collected in these absolutes. And here's hoping with uh, uh, their intention to create six volumes that this really will be something for your shelf. Let's hope that they do collect the letters pages, uh, specifically the shade journals, as they were great in sort of foreshadowing events and characters that would show up later in the series. Starman is absolutely one of my favorite DC runs. At the time that it came out, it was hailed as the closest thing to a Vertigo superhero title without actually having the Vertigo brand on it. Um, The series is also influential in the fact that it allowed James Robinson to play in the Golden Age, or at least with Golden Age characters, something that is his strong suit and something that is one of his uh, particular favorites, and certainly this was the inspiration for his JSA series, Hawkman, so forth and so on. With the release of these series, while it is expensive, it is definitely worth your money, and when it's released. Here's hoping that we can turn more people on to Jack Knight, Opal City, and all of his cast of characters. Next up, DC signs Mark Bagley to an exclusive contract. Uh, As reported by Michael Dorn on Newsarama.com, according to the news article... Bagley's name has been synonymous with Marvel Comics since the literal start of his career going back to 1986. At the time, the then aspiring 27-year-old artist submitted an entry to Marvel editor and chief Jim Shooter's Marvel Tryout Book, winning the penciling entry which led to his first professional assignment with the publisher. The first time I noticed Mark Bagley's artwork was on the Thunderbolt series with Kurt Busiek. And then he moved on to Ultimate Spider-Man for uh, an incredible lengthy run with Brian Michael Bendis. Mark Bagley is known as one of the fastest pencilers in the industry, averaging nearly 15 issues a year during his run on Ultimate Spider-Man, with Bagley penciling up to 18 issues a year at its peak. Over on Comic Book Resources, lying in the gutters columnist Rich Johnson has a green-lit rumor that he was told that Mark Bagley will be working on the next DC Weekly comic that will follow Final Crisis, written by Mr. Kurt Busiek himself. It'll star Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Bagley will draw every issue, 14 to 16 pages of it, for a whole year, with Fabian Nicieza con- contributing to a weekly backup feature with Rotating Artist. Since he is known as the fast, one of the fastest artists in the industry, to put out a weekly title shall be an interesting feat. So that is the first of DC's major exclusive announcements this uh, past two weeks or so. The second is pretty much a no-brainer. They've signed on Keith Giffen. And in an interview with Vanita Rogers, who is probably one of my favorite Newsarama columnists and interviewers, Keith Giffen pretty much says that it was a no-brainer. He certainly was DC's golden boy back in the late 80s, early 90s, kicking off such events as Invasion and the Legion book, as well as Justice League and Justice League International and Justice League Europe and all the other spinoffs. He's enjoying himself in the DC universe, enjoying what, what they are asking of him, and uh, he even says here in the article, if they keep feeding me the kind of projects they've been feeding me, then I can see myself sticking around for the long haul. Giffen is currently working on 52 Aftermath, The Four Horsemen. He's doing layouts for Countdown. He's on The Midnighter book, and he will be working on some variant covers as well as a project later next year that is probably going to be a miniseries. So Keith Giffen, no stranger to the DC Universe and one of my favorite creators, it's always good to have him playing around in the DC Sandbox. Um, The man has more ideas, I think, than most creators, and uh, he even says in the article, be nice for two years just to settle down and know the work is coming. I can focus fully and just do the books and not worry about where the next paycheck is coming from. It just made sense. With the Legion of Superheroes' 50th anniversary next year, let's hope Keith Giffen Spearheads that event, or at the very least, is a part of it. You can read that article on newsorama All right, next up, just a couple of comics that shipped in the last two weeks or so. The first one I wanted to talk about was Wonder Woman number 14. It is the first issue with the debut of writer Gail Simone. And the art team is Terry Dodson on pencils, Rachel Dodson inker. We have Lou Lee Luridge and Alex and Claire Colors, Travis Lanham on Letterer, Nachi Castro assistant, Associate Editor, and Matt Idelson Editor, with a cover by the Dodsons. Um, while this was nothing s- truly spectacular in terms of this series, which hasn't been all that bad since issue one, certainly has been suffering from delays, both artistic and writing. The premise on the, the um, potential is certainly there. I think Gail Simone has a, a real good sense of Diana Prince and Wonder Woman's dialogue. She is at both she's at times both uh, royal and funny and uh, a sense of humor that is not quippy or um, immature. It's actually a very uh, understated sense of humor that I really appreciate. Her relationship with the character Nemesis, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be a surrogate for Steve Trevor. I don't know if Steve Trevor has showed up quite yet. Um, There are a few issues that I haven't read yet. Um, But I'd be interested to see if they do bring back Steve Trevor or if Nemesis is supposed to take his place. Her role as Diana Prince is certainly interesting. She no longer has her Wonder Woman powers uh, as Diana Prince. She only has them when she changes into Wonder Woman. We also get the introduction, I assume, of Lieutenant Colonel uh, Etta Candy, and whether they, she already knows Wonder Woman or Diana Prince, I assume is up in the air as of now. Uh, but it is a, a an interesting first issue read, and here's hoping that they can get this issue back on this title back on track. Wonder Woman certainly deserves to have a series that is worthy of the character's long history. And uh, speaking of Gail Simone, you can check out Comics Journal 286. That is the latest issue that hit the stands. It is an $11.95 cover price, over 200 pages. And in the Comics Journal, Shannon Garrity has a lengthy interview with Gail Simone that covers everything from her time on Birds of Prey, Action Comics, Welcome to Tranquility, as well as her controversial Women in uh, refrigerator's website. She It is a, a really great interview with a creator that has had an interesting career to this point. And here's hoping Wonder Woman really puts Gail Simone on the map even more than she already is. So check out the Comics Journal 286 to learn a little bit about Gail Simone. The other issue that I read was Titan, the Titans East special. This one is written by Judd Winnick. It is pencils by Ian Churchill, Norm Ratmund, Annie Landing, and John Cyborg on inks, Edgar Delgado colors, Comicraft letters. Uh, Adam Schlegman is the assistant editor, and Eddie Berganza is your editor. Basically, after a flashback with the new Teen Titans from the Wolfman Perez era, we see some scenes where Cyborg is once again trying to start a new team. And when past members such as Changeling and Donna Troy and Red Arrow, Starfire, Flash, and Ravens and Nightwing say no, he decides to put together the team with Hawk and Dove, the female Hawk and Dove, Power Boy, Anima, uh, Son of Vulcan, Lagoon Boy, and uh, Little Barda. And during a training exercise... Something attacks the group, and we assume, well, we assume by the images on the page that some of them actually died. Most of them look uh, like they've been knocked out, and there's a blast from the heaven which takes out Cyborg himself. All of this is to lead into a new series called simply Titans number one. There's a little blurb in the back, and if you go by the cover, it looks like the original lineup from the Perez Wolfman era is returning. That includes Nightwing, Starfire, Flash, Changeling, Donna Troy, Raven, and Cyborg. I think it's pretty interesting that they're going to try yet again another Titans series after the Devin Grayson, Mark Buckingham run. Uh, the first 25 issues of that series were actually really good. I thought they they mixed in um, older characters with some new characters, and there was some great interplay, some great dialogue. The stories and the conflicts necessarily weren't the best, but she did a good job, I think, with the dialing, trying to get these characters and their personalities. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with this new series. It's been 28 years. Uh, If this ship's in 2008, it'll be 28 years uh, since the uh, New Teen Titans number one ship back in 1980. And... I'm not quite sure who the writer's going to be. I assume if it's it's supposed to spin out of this titans E special, it's going to be Judd Winnick. If it's Ian Churchill on the art, that has me a little dismayed. But we will see what exactly it's going to be. It's pretty interesting that they're revitalizing the, the team that made DC so great back in the 80s with Batman and the Outsiders and with the Suicide Squad returning and Booster Gold. It seems like they're really starting to uh, dig back into certain things that made DC great back in the 80s, and hopefully they can reclaim some of the magic and it doesn't turn out to be another Infinity Inc. Alright, the final two things I'm going to talk about this episode, the first being, what exactly is DC Noise? DC Noise, to follow along the lines of Marvel Noise and Indie Noise is going to be a look at um, the world of DC Comics and the DC Universe. And that does include DC, Vertigo, Wildstorm, Johnny DC, The Minx Line, etc. What it won't be is uh, a Marvel hate fest. Uh, I enjoy many Marvel comics now. And you might even hear me talk a little bit about them. um, You know, and some throwaway things here and there and some recommendations. DC Noise um, will be sort of my views on some of the news and co- current comics and some of the other uh, history and continuity items as filtered through basically all of the DC universe and my history with the DC universe. Uh, it's supposed, to, it's going to be uh, sort of a, a way to build a greater appreciation for all the different parts that uh, uh, make up the whole of the DC universe. Uh, what I'm going to try to make it not be is uh, just cold press release readings or info regurgitations or, or book reports. I'm going to try to you know connect the dots a little bit, as we, especially as we head to final crisis. Um, DC Noise will be DC Noise. What it won't be is uh, trying to imitate the successful Raging Bullets podcast. Uh, I'm certainly in touch with Mr. Sean Whelan and uh, um, Sean and his co-host Jim. ...do a fantastic job. They are far more in-depth. They uh, are able to take their time issue to issue. Um, while I may, in future episodes, take a look at certain runs... ...like the Starman run, or the Legion of Superheroes Five Year Later run... Um, ...or the New Teen Titans, Wolfman Perez run, or things like that... Um, ...they may not be as in-depth, and they certainly won't be as long. So I'm hoping that this show... Will be sort of a companion piece to what Raging Bulls is doing. And Sean and I will hopefully work together to create some interesting episodes in the future and play off of uh, each other's strengths and play off of what they're doing in their podcast and uh, hopefully in a complementary way. Um, I mentioned uh, Marvel Noise and Indie Noise. Marvel Noise is hosted by Mr. David Price, the Man of a Thousand podcast. Indie Noise is hosted by Bruce Rosenberger, who is the Dean of Comics Podcasting. And between Marvel Noise, Indie Noise, and DC Noise, uh, Derek now has uh, Derek Coward, who is the man behind comic book noise, uh, the coolest cat in comics podcasting, now has his Trinity complete. It is certainly a pleasure to join the comic book noise family. Uh, I'm a big fan of comic book noise and the related podcasts. And uh, here's hoping that I can step up to the plate and provide a podcast that's just as entertaining, just as opinionated, and just as good. So here's hoping. Finally, uh, just some thank yous, obviously, to Derek Coward, who for the longest time has been um, a supporter not only of of me as a podcaster, but also of the idea that, uh, you know, I could probably do this one day on my own. So, I want to thank him for that for allowing him to um, for allowing me to put my ramblings up on his site. Um, Derek and I think quite a lot alike about comics. Uh, I'd say about eighty percent of the time. He has a strong opinion, and I respect that. And he also is one to not um, get caught up in the drama and the uh, hype of the comics internet community. And that's also something else I really appreciate. So thank you, Derek. A big shout-out to you for allowing me to play in your sandbox. And I look forward to holding up the comic book noise tradition. I also have to thank David Price and Bruce Rosenberger, uh, two other fine, fine podcasters in their own right, as well as people. It's going to be fun to see what happens in this little trinity, uh, see what we can come up with and see how we can mix things up a little bit concerning the the three target areas of information we're trying to put out there. I'd like to thank all the other podcasts on the Comic Book Noise family and the Comic Book Noise feed. They also have been nothing but supportive of uh, not only um, this this format and uh, of Derek's dream (laughs) of creating a network, So it's going to be fun to talk to them and be part of this family. Obviously, thank you to the listeners who who took the time to listen to this first episode. We'll see how the format changes and grows as I get more and more comfortable with what I want to try to do. And by all means, while we will not have a forum for DC Noise, you can certainly email me, peterjohnrios at gmail.com. With any feedback, Um, I'm much more interested in in creating a dialogue on the show through emails uh, rather than uh, through forum. So while there might be a uh, one forum thread for the entire output of the episodes, there will not be a separate forum for DC Noise. Another thank you I have to give is to Mr. Paul French of the Poptopia podcast, ...whose introduction I'm blatantly ripping off at the beginning of DC Noise. Um, I really enjoy his episodes. They are short chunks, 15 minutes, all talking about all kinds of pop culture, movie, TV, comics, music, etc. You can find at the PoptopiaPodcast.com. Uh, I really respect what he does, and I certainly owe the, some of the format of what I'm doing here to him... And lastly, I'm a huge fan of Keith Oberman's uh, Countdown with Keith Oberman on MSNBC, and that is also sort of uh, where I'm taking some of my inspiration from in terms of how how to present this material in both a fun, uh, entertaining way, but while still trying to be informative. So there you have it, um, all my thank yous and sort of what I'm going to try to do with this show. And I thank you all for listening, and with that being said, I will bid my farewell.